0: I get to double up on the uh, advent here, um, as far as the lighting goes. We're gonna light the fourth candle and then what some, we sometimes call the Christ, the, the Christ candle in the middle here. Um, so today we light the, the, the uh, fourth candle, which represents uh, the love of God, that God's amazing love by sending his son uh, to die for us. And the scripture says, John 3:16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. So he is the light of the world and he is the embodiment of God's love. So the fifth candle, which you can go ahead and light as well, the fifth candle uh, reminds us of Christ himself, the light of the world. He is the light of the world, the one that brings light and shines his light into the heart of every man and woman. So we're here today because of the light and love of Jesus Christ.
1: For your eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all people a light for revelation to the gentiles and for glory to your people israel luke 2 25-32 simeon awaited the messiah's arrival and he grew old in the process many times we feel impatience for minor things and oh how simeon could have been impatient yet we are not told of his impatience in fact We are told of his openness to God's Holy Spirit. We are told that the Holy Spirit was upon him. This means he was ready to listen and be led by God. At a previous time, we are told that God's Spirit had told him that he would not die before seeing the Messiah. So he kept that promise in his heart for years. Finally, the man upon whom God's Spirit rested, who had listened and believed what God's Spirit had told him was one day moved by the same Spirit to meet Jesus. May we too be people of the Spirit, waiting, teachable, and movable to hear our Lord's voice and do what he says.
0: Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we eagerly await the return of Jesus. And as we celebrate and remember his first coming, we celebrate and we look forward to his next coming too. May more and more people be drawn by your Holy Spirit to recognize Jesus the Messiah, and continue, Lord, to fill us with your Holy Spirit. May your Holy Spirit be upon us. May your Holy Spirit be in us. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: But today we're here to celebrate the birth of a Savior. living Savior as it says up here that Jesus was born to be the Savior and the greatest declaration we can make to you is that's God's gift to you a Savior has been born to you and I think sometimes we narrow that down just a little too much sometimes we just keep it in the realm of just having our sins forgiven but I want to declare to you today that he's the Savior of your life every day of your life every moment of your life for every need of your life he's a living Savior amen and so that's what we're here. Go ahead, give him a good prayer. That's what we're here to do today. Amen. Let me read the announcement to you out of Luke chapter 2. Beginning in verse 4, it said, Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were greatly Afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you, listen to this, good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Wow. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. How many are thankful that a king has been born? Amen. He is king of kings. Praise God.
3: Darkness we were waiting without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running. There was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to vouch and came the word. from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the door. morning that you rose, all of heaven held its breath, till that stone was moved for good, for the lamb had conquered death, and the dead rose from
2: And we thank You for Your amazing love and grace in our lives. In Jesus' name. Somebody said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, there was a declaration over 2,000 years ago as we read, Unto You has been born a Savior, which is still being declared today. And it still carries with it the same pronouncement of joy and peace to all who will hear and receive the gift of a Savior. But you see, unfortunately, every one of us is born into a fallen world. A world filled, filled far too often with brokenness, pain, disaster, loss, grief, greed, abuse, abandonment. With unexplainable and at times unimaginable tragic and consequences. All of which are the proof that all of humanity needs a Savior. There's one question we will all be required to give a personal answer to. And that's what you see up here. Jesus is. Who is he to us? Who is he to you? That's the question. Who is Jesus to you? We'll be given the opportunity, all of us, to fill in the blank and declare who Jesus is to us. You see, to those who have heard the announcement and accepted the gift, he is their deliverer. He is their healer. And He is their Savior. He is our Lord and our King. Today you're going to hear six testimonies that declare He is still a living Savior to all who will receive Him today. So many times we hear the story and we go back to a baby in a manger. But I'm, a glad, I'm glad the baby grew up. I'm glad that when he grew up, he decided that we were worth dying for. He lived for us, and then he chose to die for us. And then I'm glad that the Father said he wasn't going to leave him there, but He would raise him up, and he conquered death, hell, and the grave for us. You see, Jesus still delivers from addictions, abandonment, from choices, and from the unseen wounds we carry in our heart. And because we all live in this fallen world held under the oppression of the devil, it is almost certain that at some point we will all come to realize that we need a deliverer. That place where we all call upon His name. Acts 10 declares this. Peter said to those in Cornelius' house, This is the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Christ Jesus. He is Lord of all. And that word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, and God was with him. Jesus is our deliverer.
4: Hi, my name is uh, Al Priestley and I'm uh, 64 and a half years young. And, you know, back when I was uh, a kid, I uh, had grown up in a family, uh, like probably many people do, of some level of dysfunction, in our case, uh, that was rampant with uh, alcoholism. Uh, We had a very small family. And, you know, looking back on it, it was a situation where we had um, a bunch of people who were not, in a sense, whole people themselves trying to raise children and do the best they could, and that's what they did. Um, I remember as a teenager uh, trying to do social stuff at school and trying to be a part of, and I never felt a part of. I always felt like I was sort of a a dork or a geek. Um, I was bullied in high school. I was not the size I am now. And um, what happened is, as I got into my late teens and early 20s, I found solace in, 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 in um, substances, uh, better living through chemistry, shall we say, for lack of a better a better term, and to keep it kind of general. And I was able to go into the workforce uh, in, in the high-tech industry and, uh, you know, managed to do pretty well for myself, but, but I always had this, this crutch that I was relying on. And the crutch was anything but the Lord. The crutch was self centeredness. The crutch was living a life of self will uh, run riot. And as much as I tried to be a nice guy, uh, anger, resentment, a lot of these uh, negative emotions sort of overcame me. And I found myself in my late 20s getting out of a, a car at an intersection, pulling, you know, calling people out, very angry, uh, blamed everybody else in the world but myself and my inability to, you know, to cope with life. And then what I believe was the first act of, of, of love um, by the Lord, by Jesus, uh, entering my life. I, I found a, um, uh, a 12-step program and began a period of healing in my life. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing. I acted as if, but there were people that had gone before me and show me that it can work and I learned to trust it. And then one of the major events that occurred where I truly believed that Jesus did love me and was there and was there for me, and not for everybody else, but did love me and didn't care for me, was the fact that I heard a gentleman tell his story and he told my story to a T. Everything that he shared he felt, um, I had felt. And it was at that point I truly believed um, that, that that God is real, and and Jesus is real, and He can work in my life. And and from that point forward, I became willing to trust Him with my entire life. And that was 33 years ago. I truly love love the Lord with all my heart. Um, everything I have in my life today, I owe to owe to, owe to Jesus and God. I, I I just I would be nowhere without Him.
5: Um. So let's start about. 15 and a half years ago. My older sister would be riding in a car with my other older sister and they're going through an intersection with no light and their car gets slammed by a truck. Um, My sister breaks her neck on impact and dies. Three months later I am adopted um, by a family who was looking for a boy and praying for a boy praying God give if you give me a boy I will raise him for you which is absolutely crazy and so my parents adopted me they have been raising me Um, growing up I I've gone through a lot of struggles with that, but with my parents telling me about my birth mom and meeting my birth mom, knowing that she went to an abortion clinic, but finding out that she was just like a week or two far along to have me aborted, God saved me there, first off. Um, God saved me from a horrible place that I could have been in by my parents adopting me um, God has given me so many good opportunities to help other people whether that be telling them about God or just being a light without even saying anything at all just having them come up and talk to me and ask me questions and me being able to answer them because I grew up with not only the, the knowledge of God but People who wanted to help teach me and help me understand so I can help others learn about God you have to accept Jesus to be saved it's all or nothing you dive in and that's it I mean it sounds horrible but you're stuck with him forever and it's great it's amazing and there's nothing greater that there's not a greater gift you could receive than Jesus
3: Standing next to me was another in the waters, holding back the seas. Should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free? There is a cross that bears the burden, where another died for me. There is another in the fire. the waters, I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore, should I fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning, either way I won't bow to the things of this world, I know, I know I will never be. The In the darkness, as the darkness bows to it, and I can hear the roar in the heavens, as a space between was and I can feel the ground shake beneath us, as the prison walls cave in. Nothing stands between us. Nothing stands between us.
2: How many are glad there's another in the fire with you? Amen. You know, there's another area that we all face in a fallen world. And that's in this area of sickness and disease. And the fear of death. So many are plagued by that. They live in the bondage to fear. You see, we all need a Savior when it comes to healing. And we need a Savior who can not only heal our bodies, but one who can also calm our fears. Matthew chapter 9, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And listen to this. Healing every sickness and every disease. Maybe today you just need to get saved in your faith again to believe He's a healer. Amen? Inasmuch then, in the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself also likewise shared in the same. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Listen what Hebrews 2 says here. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I'm glad that he's our deliverer. But I'm glad that He's our healer. And not only does He heals us, but He delivers from the fear that comes connected to sickness and disease, the fear of death. Amen? Hallelujah.
6: Hi, my name is Mike, Michael Fay. I want to share a little bit of what Jesus has been doing in my life this year. Um, Way back in April, Uh, I fully expected that by the time October rolled around, which would be the month of my 80th birthday, that I would get a health report consistent with all my previous health reports that said I was in pretty good, very good health. So needless to say, I was shocked when I was diagnosed with uh, CKD, Chronic Kidney Disease. Stage four. I had no idea what that was. It was a little learning. I learned that kidney disease has five stages. And um, stage one, that's the best. That's what you get when you're born. Doesn't get any better than that. And as the years go on, things change. And they don't get any better. And at the end of the line is stage five. Stage five has the um, ominous name of Uh, final stage kidney disease, final stage renal disease. Uh, And I was in stage four already, um, moving on towards stage five. I did a little research and I, I discovered that when you get to stage five, there are three options. First option is dialysis. Second option is a transplant. And the third option is um, death. Most important thing I did was pray. Spoke to my Lord and Savior and told him of my plight, of which he was well aware, and what my desires were. Well, let's fast forward now to um, a few months later. It was time for my next set of lab results. So I paid a visit to my kidney doctor. He had the results there and went through some preliminary stuff and and then he got to the bottom line and with the realization that I was already in stage four and stage five was looming I was not anxious to hear but I was anxious to hear and he said to me well you have moved out of stage four but as our beloved pastor would say watch this so my kidney doctor said, you have moved out of stage four and you have moved back, up, into stage three. My, my, my results were such that the progression of my kidney disease, it didn't just slow down, it didn't just stop. My kidneys were, were getting better. He he asked me, my kidney doctor asked me what I thought that was due to and I said it's a miracle I know I am the healed of the Lord I have what I call a blessing in that I have a win-win situation I get the healing God gets the glory I couldn't ask for anything more than that I couldn't ask for a better scenario and it's because my lord and savior jesus has chosen that path for me
7: hi my name is Lori, and when pastor asked me to give my healing testimony i kind of fought it a little bit but then i was thinking you know i need to share what god has done for me i was diagnosed with two stage four cancers and when i went to see my oncologist and received the news He told me that I had six months to live, to go home, get my affairs in order, because I was about ready to die. As I sat there and tried to assimilate what he was saying, I looked at him and I said, but wait, I understand from a medical that you say I'm gonna die in six months. Okay, I get that. But you don't know my God. And you can't tell me when I'm going to die. I want to fight this." And he said, don't bother. He actually patted me on the arm and he said, don't bother, honey, you're too far gone. And I said, well, (laughs) there are such things as miracles. And he told me he had been in that business for over 30 years, he had seen two miracles in his career, and I was not going to be the third. As I sat there, I, I tried to understand what he was saying and how he could not believe in God. And he just kept talking like he was telling me to go to the grocery store and pick up some milk. And all of a sudden, something happened. I felt God in that room. And the Holy Spirit just rose up within me. And I stopped him from talking. And I said, no, wait a minute, doctor. Wait a minute. You cannot tell me when I'm going to die. My Heavenly Father knows my days. He has appointed each one. You can't tell me when I'm going to die. Only he knows when that is. And the doctor just shook his head and just said, I don't really want to treat you because I don't believe you're going to make it. But if you insist, I'll do the minimum that I can do. But I don't really want to put you through all that because I don't believe you're gonna make it. I left that room and I I was fighting tears because of course, you get a death sentence. What are you gonna do? And I decided before I meet my family, before I tell them the news, I need to be alone with my God. So I walked out behind the hospital and I just went on a walk and I started praying and I said, Lord, this sounds really bad, but I know that my life is in your hands. You have saved me and I have seen your hand through my entire life. And so right now I place my life in your hands. And it was just impressed upon me at that moment. And I thought, okay, God, If you decide to take me, I consider that a win because I will be in the presence of the Lord Almighty. But if you decide to leave me here on earth, then I consider that a win because obviously you have more for me to do. In my heart, I knew it was a win-win situation. The doctor said I had six months to live and that was nine years ago.
8: Thank you.
2: he's still a miracle worker Amen Hallelujah Hallelujah. You can be seated if you like Now it comes to what Christmas is all about Receiving Christ not just for what he does because he loves us but for who he is our savior You see, all the benefits we receive for him is what leads us to repentance. The Bible says that he came to seek and to save the lost. I'm glad. I'm so thankful in my life. In Luke chapter 19, Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house. And many are upset because he's there because they considered Zacchaeus a sinner. And this was Jesus' reply. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. In John chapter 3, Jesus declared to Nicodemus, For, the son of, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 2, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. In Titus he wrote, But when the kindness and the love of our God and Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. And in Titus, Paul wrote this, or in Romans, he wrote this. Or do not despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. I'm glad it's his goodness, not his judgment, that draws us. Amen? I'm glad that he's here to save, to heal, to deliver. And I'm so thankful that he's still a living Savior today.
9: Hi, I'm Trevor. I'm 16 and when I was very young I got separated from my family from because my parents got divorced and eventually I was able to be back with my mom but I didn't see my dad very often and I really didn't want to for most of it and then a few years later after that, I got separated from my mom again because I had extreme anger issues and had to go to a home to deal with them. Like, they were so bad to the point where I shoved my brother down the stairs. And he, um, for the first half of my life, I didn't really know Jesus. Like, I went to church for most of it, but I didn't know Jesus. But when I look back on those years I see that he was with me keeping me um, solid so I didn't crumble in those hard times and eventually we moved up here and I started coming to this church and that's really when I met Jesus I I met him when I heard people's testimonies and when I just broke down um, and prayed out and called out to him and he met me there. Um, It took a few weeks for it to really settle in in me that I had met Jesus but he really did touch me just that once I think it was the third week I'd been really starting to come here and He's been with me since then, just keeping me from doing all the bad things that my peers have done and keeping me from seeing the things that I should not see and don't wanna see.
10: Hi, I'm Mariah, Um, I'm 18 years old. Um, When I was about 15, I was, I got really sick. my, my hair started falling out, and then I started losing a lot of weight, which my family just thought it was because I was very active and drinking a lot of water. I played soccer, I did dance every day. Um, but one day it got really bad where I couldn't breathe, and so I went home from practice, and I just kinda fell asleep. And then when I woke up, I woke up throwing up and I couldn't stop for a few days. And then um, I ended up in the hospital, which I don't remember how. Um, I ended up being there for a whole month where I also don't remember the whole first week of being there because of everything that was happening. Um, My body was running on um, IV fluids and that was basically it. and I was just really confused the whole time I was there until about two weeks in. And that's when they told me I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And they said um, that I've had it for a while, but I, since I was so active, it kind of canceled everything out. When I first met my doctor, he said that out of the 33 years he's been a doctor, he hasn't seen anything how bad it was for me Um, because when I went in I was 80 pounds I was throwing up the whole time I couldn't retain anything my hair was all out um, and on top of that I had near to kidney failure Um, my kidneys were functioning at 0.1 percent and then my white blood cell count was very low my iron was very low and so my doctor said he doesn't know how I was alive. He, he was a really nice old man, little short Indian guy. Every day he would come in and he would say, I brought my whole family to the temple to pray for you. You're doing spectacular. On one of my last days there, Sean and Dana, um, they came and they prayed over me and they just comforted me in the time I was there and I had another week to go but then the next day I was released right away. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. None of my family is religious, never went to church really. Um, And so about five years ago, I brought myself to youth group because um, Brandon uh, told me about it at the gym and I said, why not? I have nothing better to do. And from there, I gave my life to him five years ago um, at an altar call when I was just bawling my eyes out. I was just, I wasn't crying because something sad happened. I was crying because something great happened. I was just so overwhelmed by something I've never felt before. It was, it was good. If it wasn't for God, I, I don't think I would be here today if I never gave my life to Him.
2: Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So now we come back to our question, who is Jesus to you and how do you know he's real? Today you've heard six testimonies in lives of people, if somebody asked them, who is Jesus to you and how do you know he's real in your life, they could give an answer. So if you were asked the question, how do you know Jesus is real in your life, how would you answer? What would you say? So at the end of each of these testimonies, I was just curious. So I asked each one of these to answer that question. How do you know Jesus is real in your life?
4: I know Jesus is real in my life because 33 years ago, he stepped in and saved me from from certain death or incarceration based on a pattern of life that I had chose to live for myself and, and my sins and, and anger and, and all these negative things that were going on in my life. And ever since, he's, he's, been, he's been a rock for me. He's been an anchor. He's been a, 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 a feeling of love.
5: I know Jesus is real in my life because when my mom was about to make a bad choice, God intervened and saved my life, put me into a home that loves Jesus. and and that they encourage me to love Jesus and every time I start straying away he brings in people that love him and just direct me back to him I know that
6: I know that Jesus is real in my life because he took me from a place where the world said it was over for me and he gave me new life I have a a love and a passion for my Lord now that I didn't have before this episode took place.
7: I know God is real in my life because of all He has done for me. Not only has He saved me, but He's healed me. He's never left me. He walks beside me every day. When I'm facing a trial, I go to Him in the Word and He always speaks to me. If I listen and if my heart is right, at the time he never fails he will be there no matter what
9: and i know jesus is real in my life because he held me together in my times of hardship and he kept me alive in the times of need when i was my weak, in my lowest
10: i know that jesus is real in my life because um When I don't deserve him, he saved me on countless occasions, and he just continues doing so. And he just brings me so many opportunities that I never want to miss.
4: I know Jesus is real.
11: I count on one thing The same God who never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out He's working all things out Yeah I will bless your name oh yes I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all oh, my days oh yes I will
2: the declaration again today unto you has been born in the city of David a Savior Christ the Lord so who will you say he is how are you fill in the blank when asked the question who is Jesus to you is he just a baby in a manger Some say he's just a good man who lived thousands of years ago and who taught a good way to live. Or is he truly God's gift to you? A living Savior who will always be everything you need him to be and who has come to redeem you to himself out of this fallen world. You see, not only will he fill in the blank in this question, He'll fill in the blank in your heart and in your life with His life and His love. John chapter 4 and verse 10, Jesus said to the woman at the well. He answered her and said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked Him and He would have given you living water. Maybe you're here today and that's what you need. You need to receive that gift of living water in your life. Ephesians 2 and verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Maybe you're here today and you're just trying to work out all the problems in your life. You know what, if I just get two more things fixed, I'd be ready to get saved. Amen. Amen. There's nothing you can add to it. Your salvation is complete in Him. It's a gift. And all you have to do is receive it. In Isaiah 53, verse 4, when it speaks of the prophecy of Jesus coming, it says this, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And this is what I find after all these years of pastoring. It's easy for us to accept Him as Savior of our sins. But it's another thing to allow Him to be the Savior of our sorrows. To allow Him to bear our griefs. One thing about Christmas is that it can be a very sorrowful time. For many this year, there'll be an empty seat at the table. A loved one, a family member, a friend passed. With passing comes sorrow. Comes grief. But the Bible says and Jesus has declared that he's the one who carried our sorrows and He bore our griefs. So maybe you're here today and you need a Savior who will lift that off of your life. Maybe you're here today and you need a Savior who will reassure you that you don't have to be afraid of death or fear the report of sickness and disease you can say like the testimony you heard to say I know that which that's what you say I love that I know that's what you say but you don't know my God and my God still does miracles today amen so maybe you're here today and you need to reassure your faith in a healing God Maybe you're here and you've battled addictions or struggled in areas that just seem like they won't let go of your life. Maybe you need a savior who's a deliverer. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. As the worship team leads us in this last song, this last song is entitled, New Wine. New Wine. Jesus comes to put new wine in new vessels first step is to let him give you a new vessel a new life to be born again but then also just to stay in that place where you're pliable in his hands the one thing they would do to keep the skins and the vessels in a wine skin is they would keep it rubbed with oil with the anointing for us that's the presence of God in our lives. So maybe today, maybe you just need to say, you know what? I'm going to receive God's gift to me. Jesus is a living Savior. And today, I'm going to allow Him to be my Savior, to be my healer, to be my deliverer. And if you're carrying any type of sorrow, any type of grief, any type of fear, any type of burden or anxiety in any area, or you're just allowing old lives and old things to hold you and control you, God has a gift for you today. It's a living Savior. You can move to this altar. You can give Him what you've been carrying. He will take it from you, and He will give you his life. He will be a savior to you today. So I invite you as they lead us in this time of worship that you would just move out of where you are and just press into the presence of God. Maybe you just need God to rub some oil on your wine skin. Maybe it's getting a little cracked, a little dry. You just need a touch of His presence today. You need somebody to pray with you, believe God with you, to stand with you. We have prayer counselors. We're here. We'll do that with you. So as they sing, we invite you just to move from
12: where you are. Come to this altar right now. Let God touch your heart and touch your life. In the cross.